0: Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host Bill T. We got a great episode for you this week. I put up a car for sale. The limo bug hit Facebook Marketplace, and I had several, uh, over a hundred inquiries about it. And it's probably because I had the prices one, two, three, four, and that is uh, a topic we'll discuss on the next roundtable. Notwithstanding that, I get a message from a gentleman, and uh, he's inquiring about the limo. And so I get to talk and I look at his name and his name is Gary Emery. So I'm like, Gary Emery, like Rod Emery. So sure enough, I look it up and it's Rod Emery's dad, who has been, who's been credited with a lot of firsts first with the help of his father, Neil Emery, a famous hot rodder from the, uh, fifties, forties, fifties, and sixties, uh, helped him create what's known to be as the first Baja bug. Um, They built that car at Chick Iverson VW in Newport Beach uh, as kind of a father-son project, I guess you'd say. And uh, later, uh, Gary goes on to start Porsche Porsche Parts Obsolete. And while doing that, he's got an affinity for classic 356s. And Gary likes to show up at all the 356 meets with rally or race-inspired 356s with cool rally-style mods and racing mods that are done to these cars and eventually coins the term outlaw. So Gary Emery, who's on the podcast today, is not only responsible for the first Baja bug, but he's also responsible for the phrase outlaw in the world of 356s, which is now continued on into a style of a vehicle. So I'm excited to have him on as a guest Uh, he came to town and I picked him up this morning, went to my house and recorded the podcast. After he took a look at the limo, we discussed a possible transaction, but I was less focused on selling him the car and more focused on getting him on the podcast because I know you guys dig some great stories like this. And we went into a long one. It's about two hours, but I split it into two podcasts. So today you'll get episode one, the following week. Uh, or maybe midweek, I'll just throw out a midweek surprise and throw out the uh, continuation, which is his father's history and a little bit of the Porsche outlaw history and also Porsche parts obsolete. So I'm sure you guys will get into that. Uh, but today's episode is pretty awesome, man. And it was great to meet uh, a hardcore car guy and uh, just an all-around good dude. So uh, it's going to be a great podcast today. I know you guys are going to dig it. Don't forget, if you like the if you like the content, we're delivering Go to letstalkdubs.com, pick up some merch to support the podcast, and don't forget to share the podcast. We love when you share the podcast. Also, you'll want to go to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, We've got content building up that we're going to be unloading little by little, and so a lot of these podcasts I've got video aspects to, so we'll do some video uh, intermixes with some of these that we'll be releasing over time. Just got to sit down and do it, but uh, we're working on some of that. So... Uh, It's going to be a great podcast today. You guys are in for a treat of a lot of early VW history. And the more he talks, the more I take notes, the more names I write down, the more people I'm going to hunt down and bring to you guys to hear some of this awesome history that's evolved our hobby that we love so much, the VW hobby. So without any further ado, guys, let's get into it this week with Gary Emery, the first VW Baja ever on Let's Talk Dubs.
1: Wagon is a nice station wagon to have around the house. The 1974 Volkswagen, covered by VW owners Security Blanket.
0: All right, everybody. So, on on today's show, I've got. A special guest on today's show. A lot of times, you know, history has happened so long ago and the trends move so quickly in our hobby that sometimes we forget the origins of some of those. And I have the creator of the first Baja Bug on today's podcast, uh, Gary Emery. Gary, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: Excited to have you here. We've talked a little bit over the phone and and the way we met, I'll talk about that in the intro to the podcast. But um, really, one of the most significant things about all of this is that we get down to the origins of your VW story. What is your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens?
1: Well, I graduated high school in 1961, uh, drove, or moved to Newport Beach the night I graduated, laid in the beach for two weeks and went to work for Chick Iverson, Volkswagen, Porsche, and Newport Beach. My dad was already body shop manager And I went in as a lube man working at this. And then so I got married in 1963. And I had had quit working there, gone back to school for a little bit, which didn't last long because I'm not a school guy. Right. And all of a sudden I'm getting married. Now I need to go back to work again. So they put me on the used car lot. On Harbor Boulevard in Costa Mesa, selling cars. Chick Iverson, I'm the lot boy. So Chick <laughs> Iverson had the most bitchin' uh, used car lot I've ever seen. The best Porsche posters in the world were were duplicated, about 15 feet wide and 30 feet tall, as a backdrop to this thing on. It was on a corner. Yeah. So it had three on this side, one on this side, and an ultra modern uh, sales office. And we had all kinds of Volkswagens. 1962, 63. There was so many Volkswagens. I had, they had 50s, 51s, 3s, 5s.
0: So everything came back. Somebody bought a new one. It was on the used car lot, and you're the lot boy taking care of it.
1: That's right. So. The used car manager says, Gary, these cars need to be driven. Of course, I had to start them every morning and clean them up. And uh, so you need to they need to be driven. So when you go to lunch, you take a Volkswagen. On the weekend, you take another Volkswagen. So I just pick one off the lot I liked, and I really got to liking the ragtops. Yeah. So on the weekend, living in Newport Beach, I gotta have a ragtop bug. So I did that for five or six months, and uh, I liked them so much, Linda and I said, let's go buy a brand new. So we bought a brand new 63 black Volkswagen Sunruff. I had one of the first tunes exhausts made by a guy that worked for, I can't think of the muffler shop now, uh, but uh, a very famous muffler shop at the time. And he built a tuned exhaust for me. So I had one of the first tuned exhausts. So before they made
0: the, the aftermarket exhaust, you had a tuned exhaust?
1: Yep. Yep. Nice. Um, I, I, his name is going to ring a bell. I might bring it up later. We'll talk yeah, about Yeah, no problem. It. But anyway, so I had a, a black Volkswagen. We lowered it. I put impy five and a half inch chrome wheels, radial tires, Porsche moons on it. And uh, so that really got me going. I think I had it six months, and I'm driving by all the car dealers, and I always look at the back lot as I'm driving by. There was a 53 standard bug Mm -hmm. at the back end against the back wall. I went back there and looked at it. It was black, standard, mechanical brakes, 25-horse motor, and I said, uh, is this for sale? Yeah, we just traded in on Chevy. So I said, I'd like to have it. She says, well, bring me 100 bucks and you can take it. <laughs> so I had my wife, after work, take off, go to St. Anna, take a battery with me, stick the battery in the car, and I drive off. Linda's following me in our, our new black VW.
0: With cable brakes.
1: <laughs> my 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 fifty three had your, it's your a new fifty three has cable brakes. So it's a split window. It's a switcher. So it's got the, it's got the the, the second oval dash. Dash. The oval dash. Yeah, you know it's black. There's no moldings on it. And I get about two blocks down the street, and all of a sudden the inside of my car is on fire. I pull over the side, open the jump out, pull the passenger door, take the rear seat and throw it out because it it didn't have a cover. So, so I found out about grinding out, gr- grounding grinding out, out battery. a battery, which if you're an old Volkswagen guy, you probably did it one yeah. time. Scared the heck out of my wife. So now I had two Volkswagens. And I wish I would have kept it. I didn't keep it for a long time. I traded it for a double-door van, panel van. Yeah, And I probably have had... 10, 12 vans of different styles. I moved in later to double cab pickups, bay uh, first split windows, and then bay window bus. And then bay window bus. Uh,
0: they were handy. Those trucks were super handy back in the day.
1: Oh, absolutely. Of course, I already knew how to drive them because when I, you know, I uh, before I bought, before I traded one, because I went to work in the parts department. Sure. And I was a driver. So I always had to drive a VW pickup. So uh, I switched around, kept buying different ones and trading them, and I traded with the mechanics.
0: Right, whoever got a, another trade in, you guys would be swapping cars all the time. And yeah.
1: More. So you know. And at I this be-
0: time, you're still you're still working the lot, or you're now in the parts department. Oh, I'm in the parts department now. So yeah. you're doing deliveries for the right. parts department.
1: Yeah. You know, I grew up in a, in a custom car hot rod family. My father had valley custom shop in Burbank. And you'd think I'd be a great welder, mm-hmm. metal man doing all this. Well, guess what? I sanded cars and primed them. Right. And talked. And I talked to all the customers. I never learned how to weld. And my dad wasn't a mechanic and I worked in the parts department, so I knew all the parts, and uh, but I didn't know how to tune a car. I've never put a set of spark. I put point plugs in a car, but I never put it. Never put a right. Never put points in it correctly. <laughs> we never. used to have we used to have toy night once a month, so everybody could bring the cars in, use right. all the equipment, all the oil out of the overheads and.
0: At the dealership? So, this is the dealership?
1: At the Volkswagen dealership. Really? Once a month, 29. Huh. So, of course, I got another Volkswagen, and I got all these part things I want to do to it. So I box up stuff. and You know, 5 o'clock comes up. I go out the back door, lock the key, lock the door, and I got a box in my hand. All the guys are saying, where are you going, Gary? I said, I'm going to go out and work on my car just like you guys are all doing it. I said, Bullshit get back in that parts department. We need parts. What do you got? Do you have to put in your car? Well, I have this and this and this. Don't worry, we'll take care of that. Yeah. So those guys did all the mechanical work for me. Always. Really? really? I always had to stay in the parts department. But of course I I have ideas. I, I they call me Tom Sawyer. You know, we <laughs> you know, this it's so much fun painting this fence and everybody's doing it for me. So I became kind of a I don't know we call it a user. I don't know what I did. But anyway, <laughs> I talk, I tell stories, and all my buddies, and, and it's still that way today. Yeah. You know, I have some really, really good buddies. Most of them started coming to my place now in Oregon when they were 13, 14 years old. Yeah. Coming to my Porsche camp, my Porsche VW campouts. And, you know, they'd go back to the boneyard and find something that I'd Say yeah, go ahead and take that out of there. Fix them up. They still do that today. Really? When I want something welded, one of the kids that have been around since I was thirteen—they were thirteen—they come and weld my stuff. Yeah. Not kidding. Drop spindles. One guy builds the drop spindles. One guy builds transmissions and this and that. So, but you know, I in uh, in the mid in the mid '60s. Uh, Bruce Myers was making his Myers Manx. It was only a few blocks from from our dealership, so any parts they had to have for their kits, I'm the parts guy, so they would come and get parts from me. Right. And all these guys, Pepper Tree Automotive, Roger Smith, Bruce Myers, all these guys, they raced at Acacia Wells. All the race places, and I always went with them. And I wanted a Myers Manx. My brother got one, and he built one complete. I wanted one too, but I didn't. Bruce wouldn't make me a good enough deal, so I couldn't buy one. Now and what was him.
0: one? What was what were they selling for back then?
1: I couldn't even tell you. I don't know. I don't. A few remember. hundred dollars. Oh, I don't know, three or four hundred dollars. Yeah, probably. but you know, it's good money. Well, it was because I wasn't making much money.
0: And you're married now.
1: I'm married. I already have two kids. Yeah. I had two kids real quick, right? So I would go to the races with them, and I'm watching them, you know. And I and I said, you know, Myers-Banks really isn't going to work for me because I already got two kids. hmm And I want to have a car that I can drive out to the desert, be with them, follow them around, have my camping stuff. Mm-hmm. So I came back one weekend and I said to my dad, I I think if I just had a little bit less overhang at both ends of a bug and big wheels, I should be able to go everywhere they go, not as fast. And that way I got a back seat for my kids. Mm-hmm. I can put a rack on the top. So my dad says, yeah, I think that'd work out good. Why don't we just get, why don't you, why don't you get one and uh, and let's we'll just bob it. We'll just chop the front and back end off and we'll fix up some, you know, so...
0: So really, your dad having a hot rod background... Of course. ...brings in the bobbing of, like, hot rods...
1: You know, and like I said, chopping the top... Just snub the nose. back and front, you know. So, right. so I said, okay, so that's what I think I want to do. So I got a really good friend, Jim Chamberlain, still one of my best buddies. He worked for Bruce Myers. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was had a, a separate shop that he was working at nights, assembling Bob, uh, assembling Myers Banks cars. I went there one night to deliver parts to him because I'm still in the parts department in Fullerton. And here was a black '57 ragtop he had just bought that got tagged front and rear. And I said, Jim. What are you going to do with that? He says, I'm just going to use a frame. I'm going to throw the body of stuff away. I need it for, you know, shorten it up 14 and a half inches. So I said, I want that thing. He says, well, What do you, I said, How much, how much you want? He says, well, I don't know. What do you got to trade? On well, the back of my truck, I had just bought an 80 Suzuki, not a tube frame car, I'm kind of one of those pressed body things, you know? Yeah. You know, and it's 80 Suzuki. You know, I paid. 50 bucks, 40 bucks, something like that. Jim says, I need a pit bike. Why don't we just trade. So I said, right on. So I towed it down to the body shop at the dealership, my dad's body shop manager. And he says, uh, okay, let's let's grab. We need, we can use the front fenders you got there on the front end, but mm-hmm. we need two more front fenders. I said, for what? He said, we're going to put the left on the right and the right and the left on the rear. And you get the tires and your suspension the way you want, and then we'll bob it. So, I wanted a bus reduction gears in it because I wanted high off the ground. So, my buddy, uh, Joe Taylor, Taylor Motors, was working on buggies. And he was a Corvair nut, so he had Corvair stuff. So, I said, I want to put... Reduction gears in this thing. So, he says, okay, I'll fix that up. So, we did that. And I put, got some Gates Commandos, big and littles. Mounted them up on some steel wheels. And then, Dad says, okay, let's start cutting and trimming. So, we shaped.
0: So, it's all by hand.
1: All by hand. He cuts it, trims it around by putting the big fenders, front fenders, and the rear. And now, we got, we got wide enough so they cover the tires. And... So we start cutting it like that now. Yeah, I, that
0: make that makes sense. The rear fender, the front fender's wider.
1: Yeah. Just mm. tweak it a little bit, build change the holes a little bit, and they mount them on the rear. And they've got big wide right. wind fenders. In
0: yeah, car. yeah. It's like it's like a huge wide fender because I, I never even thought about that. Yeah, so yeah.
1: so then uh so he trims it. I said that looks really good, you know. And you know, this is a black car. The body was perfect. When we cut off the bad stuff, it was perfect inside and out. So so here comes Drino Miller, Sanford Havens worked for Bruce Myers Mm -hmm. uh, assembling these cars and doing all this. Well, they, they came down at least once a week to get parts. So I said, come back in the back. You guys see what I've been building back here? You know, so they're watching it every time they'd come, let's go back and see what you're doing. You know, so we worked on it almost, you know, probably three nights a week. So then we get quarter inch solid stock Mm -hmm. metal. And we take two pieces of it. One on the edge and the top of the fender on the edge, one in the bottom. Clamp it and weld it. Working our way all the way around.
0: Just making a hard ridge.
1: Making a hard ridge out of
0: Two piece a quarter quarter of quarter stock?
1: Solid stock. Wow. Top and bottom on the edge. hmm You know, tacking it on the backside and on the face, welding it solid all the way around. And that's what we did on everything cut, cut off, came back and, and did that.
0: So, that's pretty so I mean, that makes those fenders stout.
1: So, then my dad backfills it with real lead. I mean, he's a lead guy. You yeah. Know, okay. He never knew... He never used Bondo. He, did, he fired body men trying to use Bondo. I want it in metal. If you, have to, if you can't get to the inside of it, put lead in it. Just what you need. So he did all that. And then my brother was the painter at the body shop. He's younger than me, but that's the brother that learned how to weld, learned how to paint, yeah. you know. And he, he builds a car from scratch. Yeah. Does every bit of it. He's not really a mechanic, but he gets it. He can wire it. He can sure. Do all that stuff. So we painted yellow. Uh, Ted's aircraft interior was real close. It was right at the Santa Ana airport. Ted's which,
0: aircraft interior?
1: Ted's aircraft interior. <laughs> he was right there. Not he,
0: known for doing hot rods and stuff. There's just, there's Oh, the air, yeah. Oh, oh were well, they? Well,
1: aircraft and cars. I mean, everybody in Newport Beach that knew Ted. Ted Brown, they they loved to have him. Bruce Myers used him for all this stuff too. Really? So, uh, I had him. I took all the windows out except for the front and rear, mm-hmm. all the side windows out. Took all the window regulators out. Took the sunroof mechanism completely. Took it all out, and we made snap-on side curtains.
0: So you're just taking out? Are you doing it for weight also, and for rattling and stuff like that, or what? I you- take
1: it off for weight. And I want the open feeling. Sure. So if I if it's a nice day, I want to have the top open up. So we put a, a aluminum sleeve thing where you can put a rope with vinyl, right. run it through that the front edges of everything, and then trimmed it with the black black trim where the snaps are, and then clear uh, you know flexible back window glass. Right, right. So when I get to the desert. If I want to have it as open as possible,
0: right. If it's windy, you want to close it up. You can I close it put up. The,
1: put the top, put the side curtains, roll them up, put them in a in a little sleeve, and throw it behind the back seat. Which I all kept, could keep an ice chest back there. I had a one of the wood wood VW racks in the top until I loaned one of my buddies that went to Mexico. <laughs> you never saw. It again. I never <laughs> saw the damn thing again. I never put another rack on it. But I know that story. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I think we all have that story, Lonesome. So nobody. we,
1: you know, all of a sudden it's painted. I got steel wheels on it, and uh, uh, the wheel company, uh,
0: like Jackman Wheels,
1: on it. No, no, aluminum, aluminum. Anson, oh. Anson Sprint. Uh huh. Anson Sprint was making these deep, deep dish. They did me the first set of five on two, two and two and two 205.
0: 205. Really, that's the first set.
1: 10s in the rear, 7s in the front. And went right on my my gates that I already had. And my brother did a t- trick exhaust coming off of both sides, coming up over the motor and sticking out side by side over the top of the fan housing. Oh, nice. Roll bar, you know, all that stuff. And uh, in 19... 19- you know, I started this project in 67, okay, 1968. Mm-hmm. I raced the Mexican 1000, the second 1000 he ever had. In what, what car? In my friend, Joe Taylor, that had Taylor Motors, mm-hmm. a VW frame, tube chassis, tube roll cage, and side pa- pods and everything, and then skinned in aluminum.
0: Oh, so he built like a the first rail type car.
1: Well, it's not a rail on a chassis. It's not a rail. It's it, it had it had a hood, open wheels, and then uh, canopy sides, you know. Yeah. But open where the wheels are, and two Corvair headlight assemblies hmm. in the front is a nose, and roll good roll cage, bus reduction gears, Gates Commandos. Really, tens and four and a halfs on the front, with a real hot, uh, Corvair engine, the Corvair motor in it it too. That we, you know, so very quick. Wow. Uh,
0: and so now this is now sixty. This,
1: this, this is the same guy uh-huh. that did my reduction gear setup, right? You
0: know, now it at this time. So you finally get the Baja painted, finished, and all that by what year? By sixty-eight. Uh,
1: uh, I think, you know, our race in the one thousand was like in October. Mm-hmm. I think we actually had it finished. I can't tell you which Baja, which Baja,
0: uh, which Mexican one thousand it was.
1: No, uh, sixty eight. So that uh, mm-hmm. the uh, the uh, uh, what year you finished that Baja? I finished it. I think in early 69.
0: And when does it, when does it like, when does it take over when people see it? Next thing you know, well, everybody's building a Baja at
1: Anaheim convention center. They had an off-road event. So all the kit buggies, you know, Bruce Myers, of course, there, everybody splashed off of his car. Right. I mean, it it, there. I,
0: I interviewed Bruce and there was over 250 copies of the Myers Manx. Right.
1: And you had, you know, the Baja boot that, uh, uh, Steve McQueen Baja boot. You had all mm-hmm. these trucks, the Vic Hickey cars, the trucks, all the off-road stuff, and we put the car in there.
0: Whose booth? I, whose booth is it going? Is it going to someone's booth or? Uh,
1: I had my own spot, just a spot in there, and oh, okay. uh, we put it in with everybody else.
0: So it was like a car show. Yeah, it's a it, car and, show.
1: Yeah, a, I think they call it a score a score show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so. Set it up when everybody was setting up. And then the opening night, uh, I walked in and I got towards our car and there was 80, 90 people standing around the car. And I had I had business cards from everybody. Really? Everybody in the magazine business. The only one that got a picture of it that went in a magazine that night was Rodden Custom. And it's a rear view of the car. Really? And I'll show you that picture. And it, so it was in Rodden Custom Furden, just a back view, say in Neil Emery Valley custom. Uh a very unique cool rear view of a of a bug. Uh now and so uh, you know the car is done now. Mm-hmm. Well also Sanford and 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 uh Miller had had followed all the way through the, this project. Yeah, and they said, "Are you going to make a kit?" I said, "Nope. All I want to do is go to the desert with you guys. I got kids. I want to have. I'm just building a car for me. I'm not making a kit." They said, "We're going to do it." They're bro- working for Bruce Myers during the day. They're designing a Baja Bug fiberglass kit. At night, that's the the name. <laughs> Baja Bug is really Drino. In Sanford Havens.
0: Drina and Sanford Havens?
1: Yeah. So they they were building these molds while they're working for Bruce. So so this is 69. August of 69 is the first time the public saw my car. So Other it's than, the
0: first time it's mass exposure.
1: Well, it was at, at the uh, bug in. Mm-hmm. It was in a bug-in before that, but it had steel wheels on it. It wasn't done yet. It didn't even have a windshield. It didn't have the
0: slot mags on it.
1: No, it still... It had steel wheels, no front and back window in it. My first time was there. And it was probably... So the event was six or seven months before the... Uh, before... Before
0: the convention center show.
1: Yeah. But the convention centers is when it yeah okay and and i had a lot of magazines that wanted to do a story on it so i go back to work on monday and the phone is ringing off the hook to talk to me
0: everybody's trying to find the parts boy from Chick they, Iverson. they
1: want to talk to me to do a magazine article in the car and the parts manager took me in and he said gary we have a problem What's that? You're spending way too much of the time on the phone talking to these different guys. Okay? So you need to pick one person and make a deal, and the rest of them you tell them you've only doing one and they're taken care of. So this guy who was an independent photographer, writer, he didn't work for any one magazine. Yeah. He'd do a story and want to sell it. Sure. His name is Jim Wright. Have you ever heard that name?
0: Wright Publishing?
1: And he is, he is not, he's not working for anybody. He, I said, I like you. You want to do the article in the car? I said, you got it. Nobody else gets it. I only can do one guy because I don't want to get fired from my job. Right. So Jim Wright, we take it over to Orange County Raceway, which was still going. They had kind of an off-road thing over. We took the car over there, did all that stuff. And, uh, a really unique, funny thing about it is Jim Wright said, meet me on Randolph Avenue in Costa Mesa with the car. And then we'll go from there to Orange County Raceway. So I met him there. And it just so happens that 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 was 1969, right? Right at about the end of 1969, because it was August, it was in that we made the deal to do it. Or so I pull in there on Randolph Avenue, and Drino and Samford have this little 30 by 30 shop. Yeah. And they've already got part of their plug for their Baja Bug kit. Yeah. So it was all kind of hooked together. Mm -hmm. So put it there. There's pictures of their, where they torch the front of this thing off and start mudding up and they got this mold made up. You know, it's not done yet. So we do the article and then it takes a couple months and all of a sudden, and I can't think of the magazine. I'm embarrassed to say it was dune buggy, something dune buggies, but it was not
0: It wasn't dune buggies and hot VWs.
1: No, it was before that. It was like hot dune buggies or something like that. I'm sure I can't remember. I should. I'm (laughs) embarrassed to say that because that's because Jim Ewing or Jim Wright did it, Mm -hmm. and he later became the owner of Hot VWs. Yeah, and he did it until he died, and after he died, his family took care of it as long as they could, and of course now it's own, you know, so. so Jim So, so
0: Jim writes the first guy that, that photographs it, you tell everybody you've shot it. I mean, they, they can't stop the phone calls from still coming in that easy to the dealership. I mean, it's made such a big splash. Well, but I but I there. had to make it short. Sure.
1: I mean, you can tell you ask me a question, I'm gonna spend an hour yeah, answering yeah. it, right? And so I'm busy, I was all pumped up. Sure. I mean, People were going, you gotta be on cloud nine, like they, they, people are going freaking nuts. Yeah, you're car. just trying to
0: be the runt and hang out with the Manx guys, and you build something that blows everybody, everybody away.
1: Everybody's wondering where everybody's at, and they were all at my car because <laughs> it was so different than anything they'd saw. Sure, know? so it it was a major hit. Yeah, you know, so Jim was the first one to do an article. Yeah, I think Spencer Murray, who was editor to, uh, uh. Uh, Rod and Custom, mm-hmm. who was a friend of my dad, he's the one that took the first picture of just a back, a black and white back view of that thing. So shortly after that show, and Jim U in the article, then I get approached by uh, the guys Doyle Dane Burnback. Burnback. That's the,
0: the advertising agency for Volkswagen.
1: That's right. So they want to do an ad. And you're looking at it right there on the screen. Yeah. So I go to Culver City Distributor.
0: Did you put the flames on it?
1: I never had flames on it. I'm not a flame guy. Was that added for the ad? They they dubbed it in. Okay. So my buddy, Lynn Reisinger, longtime buddy, his wife's, my wife's best friend. They We put it on his trailer and we took it from, from Costa Mesa. To Culver City to the Porsche Volkswagen distributor, and from there we went to a vacant lot. Away from there, did the photos, and uh, so that's how it got on. And so I signed a release. Uh, Dean Bachelor is a name in automotive. He was editor to Road and Track Car Magazine for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, He wrote the Hot Rod books and all this stuff. He grew up with my dad. They're best buddies. He was my dad's best man when he got married. I talked to Dean. I said, they want to pay me $300 or something like that to do Look and Life Magazine. Full page. Look and Life Magazine both. So he says, sign that. You agree on that, but... Anything beyond that, you have to have another another deal, a new contract. Only look in Life Magazine. So it was not much money, but Dean says, if it goes to anything else, you're going to make some good money. So I bought maybe eight, nine months after that, we got a Ford van, panel van, pulling my Baja bug. To Bismill mm-hmm. Beach. We're heading into Ventura, and all of a sudden my wife says, Gary, look at that big billboard there. My car is bigger than life on the billboard. Really? Every Foster Kaiser billboard in the United States had that on the cover
0: on there. And who's Foster Kaiser?
1: That's the company that had the billboard company.
0: Oh, get out of here. So it was just like an attention grabber
1: for everybody? It was across the United States. So I'm 22, 23 years old, 24, sure. you, know, you know. So I'm <laughs> my wife and we go, uh, you guys aren't supposed to do that. You, say, Oh, we've got full authorization. Uh, no, you don't. Because it says right on that, the release it's only looking like magazine. Right. So I have to get an attorney and he writes a letter to him. Now I'm going to talk about something now that some people don't want to hear. It doesn't matter. Uh, my attorney sent them a letter that they have got, they don't have a release. We got it. We got to sit down and you're going to have to pay for this. right? Right. Especially after the fact. Absolutely. So my boss I'm still working for the same place, my boss.
0: That Chick Iverson.
1: Yeah, okay. So he says, All ah, right, hey, kid, I heard you uh, having a little problem with that Doyle Dame Bernbach bunch. I said, Yeah. I said, You know, it's in look and life, but now they got it on the billboards and they say they have approved it. And I said, He said, ah, give me that information. Let me give it to my my attorneys. We'll see what we can do. So I give it to him. I give him everything.
0: You give him the copy of the contract. I got or...
1: everything, right? So my wife. For three weeks goes by. Linda says, have you talked to Chick? Nope. Nope. You got to talk to Chick. Gary, I'm going to go in there if you don't. Okay. I said, he's not there. He's not there. I go to make an appointment. He's busy. I finally, I just walked in, walked by the secretary. She's Gary, get, 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 get. I said, I walked in, walked in. Hey kid, what do you what do you want? I said, uh, This
0: you, is Chick from Chick Iverson.
1: I'm not supposed to say that. So oh, like, it doesn't I've... matter. Doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> so, so I said, I walked in. I said, uh, So what did your attorney say about uh, about my issue with uh, with Doyle Day and Bernbach? And he says, Ah, oh, you know, they said you don't have a don't have a you don't have any case you know, you can't do nothing about it so i said so really so well let me have my paperwork back and i'll go try something else god damn it you know god damn well i already gave that chip back to you now get your ass back to work really guess what got put in the trash
2: oh wow
0: that's brutal, <laughs> but you know that, that when I talked to when when I, I talked to um, Bruce on his interview,
2: yeah,
0: it's the same thing. It's like he went to this big law firm. They gave him some runt to take his case, and he just got instead of Bruce coming out good on the end of it, he just got hosed on the backside. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so now your stuff is your your proof is gone.
1: So it was the end of it. Yeah. But you know, now I've known Bruce since I'm 16 years old. He was good friends with my dad. And, uh, Lauren Pearson, you know who that is? Yep. Lauren Pearson. West Coast metric. Went to school. My wife. Oh, really? He also worked in the body shop under my dad. Oh, get out of here. So I've known him forever. So on the 30th anniversary mm-hmm. of, I would say, Jim Wright's article, when it all blew up, uh... Lauren put on an event about my car. Now, the car had been already wrecked. So, you know, it's been flipped.
0: So what year is this? It's 30 years. So it's it's 1999. This is going to be in the 90s at some point.
1: Yeah, but I can't think exactly. I should know, but it was like... In the mid-90s. I think it's it's, uh, 97. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. it's makes ni- sense. 97, 30 years, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so all of the VW magazines in the world were there. They came from Japan, Mexico, Europe. They were there for this thing. And so we poured a powered out the roof because the roof behind the roll bar mm-hmm. was cleared down to the bottom of the back, back window. Oh, wow. Pushed down. The fenders all worked fine. You know, it had been well. Yeah, yeah.
0: Quarter inch uh, steel stock on yeah, the edge of yeah. the fenders. Yeah, You
1: can stand on the hood. <laughs> those, those aren't you getting bent. You can stand on the front fenders. I mean, you can that's... stand on
0: the hood. Did you put the quarter inch across the front of the hood arc?
1: Oh, absolutely. Every inch, every everything that was cut had that edge on it.
0: So it stiffened the crap out of it. Oh,
1: so the front fenders went through that unharmed. The hood unharmed. The left rear fender has a twist from the front to the back a little bit. I mean, you and I could put it back. Right. Fill the holes where the fill where the bolt hills slip through, you know? And um, so it's just the roof. You know, and some chassis work. So So you had
0: the event over there. Lauren had the event.
1: So a lot of people that you've heard of your forever, Roger Smith, Pepper Tree Automotive. Bruce Myers, Bruce Myers stood up and made a speech and he says, yeah, I've known Gary, uh, helped us all the parts. He says, I got to tell you something. Gary's concept put me out of business. Really? Which it really, I mean, it had a big effect. Sure, you know, it because had make- now
0: people could just buy a Baja kit,
1: right? And, 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 and in half and, a day, make and, their own. And the guys were designing this kit while they're working for Bruce. Oh. So <laughs> that's so, you kind know, of a double whammy. He mentions it. He's mentioned it uh, to the uh, forty-year, forty years to glory, which was a, a forty-year anniversary of the Baja of the Baja One Thousand race, uh-huh. which I was in. You know, yeah. And Bruce had a, a little booth right there, sitting with people. And I walked by because I hadn't seen him for 10 years, you know, 8 to 10 years. He looks at me, Gary. He's talking to the people. You know, he says, this is Gary Emery. He's the one that put me out of business with his idea of a of the Baja Bug. See, the name Baja Bug was never me.
0: What did you call it? The, because your dad's a hot rodder, and hot rodders usually name their cars, right? They usually kind of have a name for their cars.
1: You know... I always think it's the Bob Beetle, but it really wasn't. It was, uh, you know, maybe a look at this. It might be on here.
0: And it's interesting that your dad, formerly being a hot rod customizer, ends up working at the dealership for Volkswagens.
1: Well, it was Volkswagen, Porsche, and Ferrari.
0: And And one thing I'm noticing is all the guys from your generation that actually worked for dealerships pronounce it Volkswagen. Yeah. Because the Germans that were running the dealership or that come visit were probably pretty persistent on how you pronounce Volkswagen.
1: Well, you know what? In the service department, there was only one. There was... The guy that did all the brakes, he was black. Really, really good dude. Loved him. Uh, And Jerry... Was everybody was German except the service manager was German. <laughs> really,
0: all the mechanics Volkswagen.
1: Were, Volkswagen. All the yeah. mechanics were were German. There was just a couple of us, you know. Yeah. And and my dad, when Chick bought the dealership, because uh-huh. he was a had a used car lot in Burbank, and he came to my dad. He picked people that he wanted to be with him. We're gonna let's move to God's country. We're all in Burbank. He picks out my dad. He wanted my uncle to come, but he wasn't going to go near the beach because he got sunburned out of uh, – he was in the service, so he wouldn't go there. But uh, the – the uh, one of the service guys, the one of the service riders, yeah. Butch at Enox, A- he came, you know, after – and Sonny Williams, he came from Burbank. All the guys in the sales department were from Burbank, and that's the way we started – or my dad started in '60 and I came in '61. So, um.
0: but I, th- I think it's pretty interesting because you know, there's a lot of like you have a hot rodding background and and you've been kind of castigated out there early, in the early days of you were the guy that would show up at a 356 meet with some something that most of these pr- pristine collectors wouldn't approve of until it fi- <laughs> until oh. like and you weren't giving up. You know what I mean? And oh. The same thing with the with the Baja. Like no one's doing. Anything like that and out of necessity for wanting to take your family to the dunes and all that fun stuff, you end up coming up with the Baja, which then kind of takes over, you know. So you've been kind of a you you've been kind of a hot rodder, regardless of what marquee you're behind, whether it's Volkswagen or Porsche or whatever. You you, you kind of believe in the hot rod style. Yeah. So it says one of the hit cars of the show was the it says something bug and it's the, the, the title's right on top of that <laughs> built by Neil Emery of the old Valley custom shop. It was immaculate. I mean, that's a wild exhaust, just the exhaust. It it is it still the same exhaust on it?
1: We ran it for a long time. And we finally put a conventional.
0: That's so awesome looking. I mean, oh, I just, it, I oh, look, it
1: sounded great.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's like a, a merged over the top header. Yeah, That thing just looks awesome. And then the tires, I mean the wheels, they weren't doing real wide wheels back then, you know. I mean, like that's kind of especially the slot mag style. Yeah, you know. Well, I
1: yeah, I was I was. And then to have the set, first set. My fronts were sevens and my back were tens.
0: That's insane.
1: And we're re, we're rebuilding, you know, my daughter mm-hmm. and her boyfriend, who I love. Mm-hmm. He's a good body man. He will do it.
0: Yeah, that's uh, a car that deserves to be but just because it of will. That,
1: it will, you know. And I, you know, I understand my daughter will not give it up, uh, so they're going to fix it. So what we're doing is we're doing, uh, what do you call it? Not a recreation, a tribute car. A tri- yeah, we are building the Baja Bug tribute. So we're we're going to have one. Are oh, you
0: doing the same process? The quarter inch stock welded on the yep. edges, like everything.
1: The only thing that's going to be different. Uh huh is it's got a fat performance type 4 there you go so <laughs> it'll have a set of headers you know i always ran one carburetor yeah single carb but, but it's going to have it come over the top and come out um you know and i have the any it's going to have the anti hop which i did had in my didn't have in mind right which i still don't mind uh, i mean i when I needed when I needed more gra- gra- uh, ground ground, it's just the harder I you stand the on the pedal, it. the pedal it always. I mean,
0: is it going to have reduction boxes on it too? Oh yeah, oh yes, reduction boxes with a type four. Things going to pull tree stumps. That's well, going to be a torque monster. I'm building.
1: I'm building my last bug now. I call it my last bug. Yeah, and I I, I think I did. I show you pictures. Of yeah, Apple? yeah, I saw it. It's, it's going to p- be everything it's, is. It's but, awesome. But this car is going to be, not the pretty show car. Right. I told you I never learned how to paint. Right. <laughs> okay. I've I've done part of the bodywork myself. My buddies, my young buddies helped me finish it. Everything is metal, there's no fiberglass on it. But I got some unique big changes. But I am gonna do this car. You're gonna die. The fenders are all rattle paint rattle can painted. Yeah. Okay? The body, I'm gonna brush and roll use a paint roller really they do. you know they did they did Rolls Royce's that way get out of here you think you, you really
0: just... they rolled Rolls Royce paint jobs well they
1: brush painted they
0: them. brush painted them
1: they brush painted Rolls Royce and I'm gonna brush paint the corners and I'm gonna use a roller and I'm gonna roll the paint on nice and but, I'll roll on, you know, a few coats and I'll, and I'll.
0: But it's more, this one, the picture i see. it's more of an industrial design. Yes. The one, I, you know, I, and I'm yeah. going
1: to, I'm going to probably color sand a little bit if I get any runs. I'm going to try to, but it's going to be utility. I'm also building a Volkswagen thing. I'm going to do the same thing on that.
0: Yeah. You got a lot of projects.
1: Oh, I have. I might have more. <laughs> who, who knows? I just got to yeah. take the guts and say, I'll do it. <laughs>
0: So now, so the, so the Baja comes out, it's a huge, it's a huge hit. What's your, I mean, when you're looking at all these kits and stuff, I mean, you're kind of thankful for those guys helping you build your car that decided to make fiberglass plugs and make their oh, own yeah, mold. I mean,
1: these you, guys are my friends. I yeah. Mean, you're
0: not jealous of them taking off and selling Baja kits No, no. Like crazy. I mean, they
1: asked me, are you going to make a kit? And I said, no, I just want to go to the races. I went to all the races with all these guys. Yeah. I just want to be part of the group. I yeah. don't want to just—I do, don't want to just be the parts guy. Right, right. I want to go out and do the desert like they do. So that's what I did. And that's no. what I still do. You know. So.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of part one. Part two, I'll release probably midweek after I go through and do a little bit of editing on it. Again, great stories from the days that made it happen. Uh, There's some really cool stories coming up on the next one that I know all you guys will dig. Once again, guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you share the podcast. If you want to support the podcast, go to letstalkdubs.com slash store and pick up some merch, a shirt, a hat, some stickers, whatever, pick some stuff up, support the podcast. But most importantly, share the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and write a review. You write a review, you get a shot on the podcast. You purchase some merch, you get a shot out on the podcast. So uh, make sure you guys support the podcast and uh, give it a shout out and also share it. We've been growing like crazy in the numbers, man. So you guys are doing something right and I appreciate you. Also wanted to mention that I will be out at Octo on February uh, February 6th, I think it is. So we'll be out there at Octo. I'll bring some shirts and some merch so you guys can come by and support the podcast and take a look at the Crew Cab. That's got all our battle scars on there, and uh, we can shoot the breeze for a little bit. So, yeah, if you guys are out there, man, feel free to swing by, say what's up, and until next week, guys, later.
1: A